everyone remain calm. to the 98th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. Man, I can't believe we're on the 98th episode. So close to 100, guys. We've got some great stuff coming up for you soon. Now, for this week, I actually did spend the weekend away, so if there was any kind of big news updates or anything from somewhere between Friday and Sunday, they may not be on this episode, but we do have a quick news update for you. We'll also check back in with Jay Jurassic in his second installment of Amber Finds for The Lost World. This time, he'll take a look at something retro that the younger kids may not have even heard of. Then we'll hear from James Hawkins and Steve Hurl again this week covering Steve's awesome Jurassic themed birthday, some spoiler controversies, and the game Ark Survival Evolved. After that, I'll cover some of your thoughts on what is the best aspect of The Lost World. Is it the dark tone, the dinosaurs, the characters, or is it something that you didn't even expect? I'll dive into the listeners' thoughts, so stay tuned. Last episode, we caught up with part one of the making of The Lost World. Each episode this month, aside from our big 100th episode, will give you a look at the making of The Lost World. Now, the 20th anniversary is coming up, so we wanted to treat you to some fun audio from the collector's VHS from back in the day. Today, we'll revisit part two of the four-part series. So, a few weeks back, I mentioned that we're giving away the Mondo vinyl pressing of Jurassic World, the original score featuring the Black Double LP. Now we are adding a few more awesome items to the pot this time around, featuring Yaroslav Kosmina's amazing The Lost World 20th Anniversary print and a great print from Jay Jurassic made specifically for this giveaway. We'll be giving away a few packages to celebrate our 100th episode along with the 20th anniversary of The Lost World. Stay tuned for more information on how to win them in the coming weeks. Well, as you may have figured out, it's a jam-packed episode this week with yet again a bunch of contributors, so let's get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today... I guarantee it. So you may have heard about this awesome contest going around, but CrowdRise, along with the help of Chris Pratt, have announced a great way to donate to the Seattle Children's Hospital with a chance to win a trip to the set of Jurassic World in Hawaii. The donation slash contest giveaways have been making the rounds a lot in recent years for the past and upcoming films. It's a great way to give back and potentially win something in the process. This time, donating $10 is a single entry to win. Now, the money, as I mentioned, is donated to the Seattle Children's Hospital and offers you the chance to win four round-trip coach tickets 
from the US slash Canada on Delta Airlines, a four-night stay at Marriott in Hawaii, visit the set of the Jurassic World sequel, hang out with Chris Pratt, get a sneak peek of the film as you watch scenes get filmed. So this sounds like an amazing opportunity, but even better, an opportunity for those in need. Take some time to visit cradrise.com slash Jurassic World via the link also in our show notes to donate, learn more about the charity, and help those in need. This Tuesday, May 9th, let's wish a happy birthday to the director of the upcoming Jurassic World sequel, J.A. Bayona. Happy birthday, man, and I can't wait to see what you bring to this series. Oh, there it is. There it is. Who's got some change? He takes quarters. I got like, I got a buck. I got a buck ten. How'd you get it? You don't want to know. Who name it? We got it. Where did you get that? I got it on eBay. And they're expensive. Put them back. He's a digger. Muchacho, let them move. I had a promise to conduct a very thorough on-site inspection. And get stuff in the sand. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I got it for $150, but we'll pay it. And then there's the merchandise. I can personally... Donald, Donald, this park was not worth the cake. That first park was legit. I could write all kinds of numbers on this check. I remember that on InGen's list. Because it wasn't on their list. This fossilized tree sand, which we call amber. Hello, Jurassic fans. Welcome to another episode of Amber Finds, where I show you pieces of my collection and talk about how special they are to me and what they mean and, you know, also let you know where you can find them and whatnot. Well, it is May, May, um, and the 23rd of this month will be the 20th anniversary of Lost World, and as I said in the previous Amber Finds, um, I'm going to be doing a um, couple segments where I just talk about certain Lost World items, and some of them are not particularly, you know, super rare, but they are very important to the Lost World world of merchandise, and some of the best ones um, are the simple ones and the one we're going to be discussing today is one that probably a lot of people have but how awesome is it is the factor and I have three different versions uh, not different in the sense they're too different to each other but three different ways of this particular item like how it's packaged or whatnot um, the first one is, is open. The second one is completely sealed. And the third one is a widescreen edition. By widescreen, I already give you first clue of what it is. It's a movie. Yes. And what movie would it be if we're celebrating the Lost World Jurassic Park? Then the Lost World Jurassic Park VHS. That's right, kids. VHS. Video cassettes. Before DVDs, before before Blu-rays, you had to rewind it and uh, try to get to the part that you liked. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. That's uh, one of the reasons that I bring this VHS up. Um, so let's get down to describing this particular beautiful VHS. Now, when you got the VHS of Jurassic Park back, I think it was uh, 94... Uh, October 94 because back then um, movies used to take about almost a year to come out on video it wasn't like today that you get them not even like two months after or something 
You know what I mean? I know Logan came out like uh, like two months ago, and already this month they're saying it's coming out on Blu-ray. That's crazy. Back then, that didn't happen. You had to wait and bide your time till a movie came out. And I'm pretty sure that Lost um, Jurassic Park came out like um, on VH on VHS. It came out like in '94, like October '94. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's when it did. Um, so anyway. This movie, when this movie came out, um, I it was one of those videos that I needed immediately, and um, the packaging on this is so different to the Jurassic Park one. See, the Jurassic Park one was just a black case with the logo, and it just said, "An adventure sixty-five years in the making," basically. So. With this one, the slogan and quote that it had going for it in marketing and whatnot was called Something Has Survived. And it gave an ominous kind of tone like, okay, uh, so what does that mean? So the other island was taken out. We didn't know at the time what happened to Isla Nublar. We kind of know now, but um, back then we didn't know. And it was just left to what happened. And now it's saying something has survived, so you're left with like, oh, oh what's, what's, what's going on on this new island? I'm not really going to go on to the details of the movie, because if you are a listener, you might as well, you most likely saw Lost World. Um, if you haven't, please go watch it. If you've seen Jurassic Park 3 and you haven't seen Lost World, please go watch Lost World. This is like PSA right now. You have to see Lost World. Um, <laughs> seriously, watch it. It's it's one of the best. For me, it's my favorite, but for many, it is one of the best in the series. It is a beautiful sequel. Um, anyway, so let's get back to it. So let's get to the cover. Now, with Jurassic Park, like I said, it was very. It was just black and a logo. That's it. Very mysterious. With this one, it has this mysterious feel, but very colorful. Or complete contrast to just a black background. This one has a jungle scene. Just all jungle. And in the middle, it had a, one of those, like, um, those holographic cards. Um, you know, like, it, it, it switches from the, the logo to the t-rex breaking through the logo which was uh i had this as a poster too and it's an it's awesome image and the logo itself is like this like it's like etched in a cliffside like a black stone cliffside and it's it's cracked it's old it's destroyed it's ruins you know it has this feel that these dinosaurs are in their own world they don't listen to the rule of humans they've been doing this for a long time and this is what they do now you know it's, it's i love the lost world logo that whole like like destroyed kind of look you know it's like taking something that was very um uh factory floor fabricated kind of thing like uh the jurassic park clean and and presentable to the public and just destroying it like just making it look old and and wild you know and that's pretty much what like the cover has and you could take out the holographic card and you know do whatever you want with it put it on the wall or something but you I mean i keep it 
in the case. And um, it says, you know, a, a Steven Spielberg film. On the bottom, it says PG-13. So if you were under 13, you watched this movie without um, parental guidance and your parents failed you. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, anyway, um, stereo surround sound, uh, closed captioning, uh, THX, digital... I can't read that word. It's like... Yeah, well, you know what THX is. If you were in the 90s, that you would see that everywhere on every movie. Emblem Entertainment, Universal, 1997 Universal City Studios. Copyright, you know, Amblin Entertainment, all rights reserved. You go to the side of the box and it says BHS, THX, digital, digitally mastered. There you go, that's what it says. Hi-Fi, stereo surround sound. And it has the Lost World Jurassic Park in white letters, but the just like the the original logo, but they're like stone letters. They're all like um, have cracks in them and whatnot. What's really cool about this uh, cover is that ominous jungle scene that it has going on, and the sky. The sky's like an amber color, like uh, almost like a storm is brewing, almost tornado look. It, it looks kind of like the sky you see in the cover of Twister. A little bit uh, only that one's a little more like orange this one's kind of like an amber brown um it's like something is brewing and you would not want to be there if you saw a sky like this you know what I mean even if I go outside now if I see a sky like this I, uh, I'll run inside it's, it's the lost world obviously dinosaurs are gonna start running around the streets but right and then uh, on the side also it has a universal logo for the time and then we go to the back and the back we have, it says, warning for private home use only. Federal law provides severe civil and criminal penalties for the unauthorized reproduction, distribution for exhibition of copyrighted motion pictures and video cassettes. Back in the day, when you went to Blockbuster, some people would make their own tapes of Lost World, I guess. Anyways... Lost World Jurassic Park has the title in big uh, white, again, cracked letters. And then we have a cool picture of the Buck T-Rex breaking through the jungle and all the hunters running amok. That one scene, it's awesome. And uh, let's give a hint, a little surprise later. Um, Directed by Steven Spielberg, the film picks up four years after the disaster Jurassic Park. On a nearby island, dinosaurs have secretly survived and been allowed to roam free, but now there is a more ominous threat, a plan to capture and bring the dinosaurs to the mainland. John Hammond, Richard Attenborough, Attenborough who has lost control of his ingen, of, of ingen, yeah, no, of his ingen, himself, for the, oh no, ingen company. Sorry, I read ahead. Sees a chance to redeem himself for the past mistakes and send an expedition led by none other than Mr. Ian Malcolm. Jeff Goldblum. He's coming back. He's coming back, guys. He is coming back. It's awesome. Um, to reach the island before the mercenary team gets there. The two groups confront each other in the face of extreme danger and must team up for their own survival in the race against time. With more dinosaurs, more action, and more visual effects than the first record-breaking film, The Lost World, based on the thrilling bestseller by Michael Crichton, The Man. 
the myth, the legend. Uh, with a screenplay by David Coep. Also stars Julianne Moore, Pete Postlewaite, rest in peace. Um, Arliss Howard, well, he got eaten by a T-Rex. Vince Vaughn, Nick, Nick Van Owen, and Vanessa Lee Chester, which is a gymnastic champion now. Um, terrifically entertaining, edge of your seat adventure, Stephen Holden, New York Times. That was a quote by him. And I quote. Um, and it has like the same jungle scene from the front. But this time there's two raptors like walking out of the jungle. And I love the way these raptors look because one of them has like its mouth wide open and has that kind of like it's about to attack look. And the other one has almost 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 the look of the big one from the first movie when Robert Muldoon gets attacked it's just like looking on ahead like smirking almost and just like yeah he's gonna get eaten it's gonna happen oh well good day sir um it the movie is two hours and nine minutes um this film has been modified for its original version and has been formatted to fit your tv and then you know it has the usual movie like credits and there and it it sucks because like this this tape itself it's a little bit old I, I actually can look on the other ones the white lettering is a little hard to read with the jungle leaves you know i mean but it's pretty much what i just read it's the actors universal pictures and whatnot um so i have three of these right three of these tapes and one of them was given to me as a birthday gift from my good friend Lori. um she gave me one that's completely sealed which is amazing that is awesome one of them i found um i found a thrift shop because i actually had lost the original one the one that probably wouldn't work now anyway if i tried to watch it and the other one was pretty cool because it has a gold border and it is the widescreen edition and what's cool it actually still has like those little booklets used to get with uh with video tapes this one has hercules and xena the animated series and on the inside there is a Tropicana pure premium uh, ticket where you get a $5 rebate on a Tropicana pure premium uh, drink from the lost world and it has some toys uh, right here's the Tyco and matchbox um, toys or whatnot and on the back it says from Kenner and it says coming soon genetically mutated dinos gone bad Jurassic Park chaos effect also says here you can get Chaos Island, uh, The Lost World, the PlayStation game, You're the T-Rex. And on the back, it has a game system I've never seen. What is this? Game.com, the ultimate gaming system. Uh -huh. Six levels of heart-pounding action. R-Zone, the game system with your, at your face for action by Tiger. Oh, cool. It looks like a Game Gear. But it's called Game.com. Strange. I've never heard of this. Anybody hear this? Uh, um, you know, send me a message on Instagram or Twitter if you have this. Because this is really cool. This is completely new to me. And I want to know what it is. Alright, so um, then it has Liar Liar on there. To buy Liar Liar. Uh, a Lost World Jurassic Park Entertainment Utility. 
prehistory roars on uh, onto your computer screen. Oh wow, this would have like 3D audio clips, uh, still m m images, and full motion video. We got a lot of stuff for Lost World. That is so cool. Then you also got Land Before Time at the end, and by this point, Land Before Time had six videos. By now, it has a hundred. Um, so these things came with stuff like that. You know what I mean? It was cool. But my story that I have that I adore with with the VHS, and if I still had my original VHS, it would have been awesome to talk about it more. When I started creating these things that you guys know that I create, like dioramas and like my own custom toys and whatnot, I haven't done them in a while, and I'm, I apologize for that. I've just been super busy my, with my apprenticeship. But I, you didn't have a DVD player back then. You didn't have DVDs, so you couldn't just rewind and pause so easily. So I can't tell you how constantly I would rewind these these VHS. And pause them and it would have the lines in between that made the image all curvy or whatever just to get little images of like certain buildings and whatnot like I remember I created one of the, the main village um, operations building where Nick Van Owen goes into out of a box with like and I took stuff from outside and I remember I, I, I created the doors I, I with cardboard and and I lined it up one side in the middle with uh, plastic and on two sides I glued um, a cardboard and I cut out the design with an exacto knife and I mean it's crazy to think that like I would spend hours and I mean hours with this thing paused on my TV just to get these images out there now you know all you need to do is just search on the internet click 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 and then you have a picture of the image printed out or leave it on a computer screen and you're good to go but back then I would hog up a TV and this is one of the reasons I got my own TV for these reasons only because this is what I would do for hours on end and you know my grandma would want to watch her novellas and she wasn't able to sometimes she would just let me work on this stuff because she she supported what I did and and um it was, you know, thinking back at those memories, it's it's awesome to think that a simple movie in VHS can actually, like, mold your mind so much and, like, inspire you so much and make you so creative. And, uh, I love this movie for that. It This one, particularly, uh, like, got me more interested in, in, um, in creating things and the stuff that I do today where I created things out of nothing and with Jurassic Park it started but this is the one that really like this is actually what I want my hobby to be this is where I find my fun and um it's crazy to think that like now it's just so easy to do that and I back then it was it wasn't because if I passed that part in the VHS I would have to rewind it go back go back still and then I remember I got a VHS um, uh, player, a video player or whatever, um, and it was actually able to slow down the the videotape. And when it did, it was just uh, it was funny because it it slowed it down, but it still looked bad. <laughs> and yeah.
Well, you know, it's cool. Like simple things like this is what makes um these things special. And even though none of these are my original one, still, I know the contents of this movie inside, and this has the infamous um, Mercedes-Benz commercial. I don't remember the lyrics, but if you remember that, you've seen this VHS. And then right afterwards, you got the THX logo, and then it began. A movie that has been my favorite since I seen it in 1997. And this month, we celebrate its 20th anniversary. And to think we're not getting anything for Universal with 20, 20 years, it's a little disappointing. But, the fans know it, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Alright, so, I promise the next one will be so emotional, but uh, we'll get a good one coming up for the next Amber Fine, so stay tuned, Jurassic fans and dinosaur fanatics and Lost World enthusiasts. There's, we need more Lost World fans out there. We really do. Alright. Alright, see you guys on the next Amber Finds. Where's Aunt Claire? 7 o'clock tomorrow night on the East Dock. Make sure he gets it right. But it's alive! And everyone on the planet were to line up to appreciate it and everything done. People would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I could see the fleas. Mommy, can't you see the fleas? Are, are these characters uh, auto-erotic? No, no, no. Come on! Alright, Steve, how's it going, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How's it going? Good, good. I'm one of your hosts, James Hawkins, and my co-host here is Stephen Harold. We've um, had a lot going on. Sorry for the lack of episodes, everyone. It's just like schedule lineups with like people uh, over in uh, stateside and time difference. It's just hard to get uh, people on. So uh, anyway, Stephen, a lot has happened since our last episode. It has. Um. Your 30th birthday, you old man. Oh, no. Feeling it. So, yeah. just uh, how uh, how good was our... Well, I say our, I was there yeah. involved, but how good was your 30th dress-up Jurassic Park-themed bir birthday party? It was just simply amazing. My wife did just such an amazing job. Just uh, couldn't ask for anything better, really. She um, literally she made everything from the scratch. Um, there was the Jurassic Park gates as we walked in. Made everything from cardboard boxes and painted all that. Um, it was just loads of stuff, wasn't there? Was um, yeah, she uh, made the incubators. Yeah. All like um, the table decorations. We had food. The food was themed as well, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, they had um, like little orange jellies with. We put blueberries in, make it look <laughs> like ambers, but. Yeah, you. Um, we all dressed up as well, which was pretty cool. Like you were John Hammond. Yeah, had to be. Had um, complete with white hair, white beard, and <laughs> the full lot, which took me about one and a half weeks to wash out. I ended up having to shave my beard just to oh, get the no. white stuff out. 
<laughs> oh, I actually didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, now that was mental. You just yeah, saw I was, that. Uh, Alan Grant and my wife was Ellie Settler. Everyone, I think everyone looked really good. The people that dressed up and made the effort looked really, really good. Yeah. I thought that, um, like Dan, he turned up as uh, Owen Grady and I didn't, um, I, I was looking everywhere online for like an Owen type costume and it was coming out really expensive. Yeah. Like that's the thing, isn't it? Like sometimes if you, certain things, if you want, it depends on how, uh, accurate you want to get it but yeah his his costume was really good really good well, I think mine cost like about 20 quid like I paid I think it was like 12 pound for the, the hat the Alan Grant fedora 12 pound for the uh, shirt the chinos already had the boots already had so some of the stuff like it depends on if you, you like, you could. I was scouring the internet for ages trying to find yeah. cheap deals. But I thought, in all, all in all, everyone looked really, really good that dressed up. Yeah, and um, I'm obviously quite family orientated. I've got a daughter who's five. Then we've got loads of uh, loads of my friends have got kids, and so we sort of like to include that as well. So we had a massive inflatable dinosaurs going around. I think we had like a six foot T Rex inflatable thing that's been <laughs> chucked around we had a I've just got a feeling today <laughs> yeah we got a triceratops that was about five foot I think yeah it was pretty big actually yeah um, for those that are interested in seeing um, some of the party antics yeah there are um, a few drunken go videos on our, yeah on, on our YouTube account Jurassic Unicast uh, f- a month ago I posted a couple of videos one of them is of me as Alan Grant in the car, which is just a quick, silly video, fun one. And the other one, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a drunken antics. Yeah, this um, was. We won't explain what it was in the video. No. Just be warned. It is, it was, um, uh, it's quite amusing yeah. to us. No. Preferably for an elder uh, audience. I'd, I'd say 18 plus. 18 plus audience. Yeah. So be warned there. Yeah. It's not um, It's not that bad, actually. It's not. It's not yeah, no, it's not, no. Uh, it's not rude in the terms of we are <laughs> well yeah it, it's it's more suggesting something than it is yeah any more than anything else but yeah let's leave that there yeah um Did, uh... then that was a fun it was a fun evening we had uh, a dj playing jurassic park music as on the entrance i did a little um intro for steve to walk in i did the uh, the the john hammond g'day g'day now the the best 30th birthday in the entire world and then steve walked in bit cringe it was but yeah. it was good laugh and it was good fun all in in aid of the the whole experience so yeah if you're a big jurassic fan you would have loved it yeah <laughs> if you're not a yeah. jurassic fan fan you turned up to this you, you'd be like, like what are these people doing <laughs> what is going on but in the end everyone absolutely loved it, it was a great party yeah we had um sam from jurassic cast came as well didn't he yeah he brought his uh, his little daughter along. That he was a uh, Dennis Nedry. <laughs> he was yeah. actually a really good outfit. The, the spinning um, east is it dock sign. East dock sign. Yeah, yeah that was really cool. And his daughter he's, was the came as a dinosaur as a dilo. Yeah, which was great. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was good to see him actually. I was, I'm glad he came. It made it 
it was a I think a lot more people probably would have done if they weren't so far away it's just yeah. the majority of our obviously our Jurassic community mates either live a lot, a lot further away than from London or like stateside so it's like pretty much yeah. impossible for them yeah no, it's sort of, no it was really good we're sort of on a outskirts of London which is quite hard to get to and well getting home would be even worse yeah, yeah. absolutely but yeah but, um, yeah anyway uh next topic is jurassic world 2 has now begun film filming with set pictures leaks unfortunately online um but the ones that you know that have officially been tweeted by trevorrow and by owner what do you uh think of those yeah i think i mean i'm trying to stay away from as much as possible but you know you're just flicking through twitter you can't keep away from it can you no nah. Yeah, and sort of a semi-spoiler as well that the uh, Rexy will be back, confirmed by Trevorrow. Yeah, but that's um, yeah. I'd, sometimes it's one of them things I wouldn't want to know. I'd like to be surprised, but if it's officially been, you know, told, yeah. then I can sort of accept that because it's something that the the studio wants everyone to see. Yeah, which makes me think that would I don't think Rexy's going to play a big part. In Jurassic World 2. I'm just praying that... Well, I, do you know what? I can see this happening, right? Them it being a, a very emotional scene. Like, her life coming to an end mm. in through old age, rather than... Being killed you off. You know, like, being killed off. Yeah, I can't see the studio or... I don't think they're that stupid as writers. Like they, no. they, they, as much as they don't comment on what they like see in here... They, they they must get some feedback from the Twitter and Facebook and all that. So they must have PR people that's in charge and tell them like, look, this is bit. If we do this, <laughs> stuff's gonna like it's gonna be bad. So that's not. Yeah, there's a limit. They know their limits. Yeah, and I think that um, I think if Rexy does come to an end, I hope she doesn't. I hope like, or I don't like calling her Rexy. It's so like cringe. Yeah. But most people know her as that, don't they? But if the T-Rex does, the original one does come to an end at some point, um, I think it will be in that way. I think that it will get to a point where, you know, it's just an old animal and it just, be like the Apatosaurus, but take away the whole violent side of it. Yeah. Just takes its last breath and it'd be an emotional scene. And but what emotion's I'm... good with film because it makes you connect more. Could you imagine that for the opening scene, though? destroy people <laughs> yeah because let's see we've had a death well not really a death in every film at the beginning but seeing that as like Jurassic World 2 opening scene with the Rexy dying because I don't want to say it will happen but is it something that could happen Def- no I, well I think it definitely could happen yeah absolutely and because <clears throat> it, it could go two ways if you did that and you could get people that are like ridiculously stupid would like walk out. Oh, this film's <laughs> going to be, uh, how can you kill off that? And, or you could look at it as like, you know, he's taking a risk here, but in a good way. Yeah. And it sets up, you know, what, what I don't know what, we don't know what the plot is. If they are, we've heard rumors of the plot being, you know, like the animal activists and all that sort of side of it. If that is a, a true rumor, it could open that up into, you know, it's obviously something that's happened that's caused this to happen and I don't know it it could open up 
a new sort of chapter and another, another direction in a good way. But like J. A. Biona, he did say that he was gonna. I think he said that he was gonna take risks and you know do something that that's never been done before. Yeah. Because when you so could that be it? Yeah, because they're not gonna give away massive amounts of information this early on. They're what they're approaching halfway filming. So saying, yeah, I'd, I'd say they'd probably be done. You know, yeah. By by. Uh, so saying October that. Sign, I say. Yeah, saying that Rexy's back. Oh, before then. Yeah, saying that Rexy's back is clearly not going to give away masses of information well, on the new film. No, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, I don't know whether Bryce and and uh, Chris are going to actually be doing much in this film because Bryce has already finished filming already. Yeah, I mean, it could be the fact that she's done done her filming in the UK, and she's got a couple of weeks uh, in between, and then maybe on to Hawaii or something like that. Maybe you never know. She, yeah, like, I don't know how far flight that is from Hawaii. Um, it's not too. Do you far. go the other way round? Do you really? I guess. Yeah, don't no, it's, well, it'd be straight to New Zealand to Hawaii. You come, you carry on going east, won't you? Because I thought that Bryce would have a bigger role in this film knowing that she's a, a character's now established and it's going to be more you know rugged and she's going to be a bit more adventury rather than you know the the business corporate sort of person yeah so uh, you might be right there actually she probably is just gonna have a two-week break and then yeah maybe she's done a bit in the uk they've still got to finish off a few things so she goes okay i'll have a, a trip to new zealand a couple of weeks there then on to hawaii yeah. And then from Hawaii over to oh, where is it they filmed the Jurassic World Koala, set? Koala Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Over to there. Uh, but there was some other leaked footage which I won't talk about because obviously we're trying to be spoiler free and raise awareness that we don't really want to see it. Like I don't know. I I understand why people are, especially us in the UK. Like we could literally, if we wanted to, me and you could just drive. An hour down the road and go and and go and spawn them. Yeah. Like we could, because we're lucky and we're in that in that luxury that Real Tours Hawaii had normally on 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 uh, Kauai. But we just, I'd rather, I think I'd rather not know. Like in in Jurassic World, like I like you didn't have a clue, did you about really about the Indominus? No, um, obviously knew that there was a new created dinosaur, but I didn't see any pictures of it or. Um, any reveal I didn't know what it was like all the way up until I sat in that cinema seat which when you finally see it in that scene just amazing that's probably why your favourite as much to be fair it's one of the best scenes in the film the one where the Ankylosaurus gets attacked yeah but that's probably why that scene had more of an impact on you actually because that's where you see it being in full in full and seeing the Indominus hunt as an animal. Yeah, and it's intelligence trying to figure it out. Going right, the shell's too hard on top. Scratches the leg, flips it over, chomp done. Yeah, it's, it is like a it's a 40, 40 foot raptor, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And um, and it like obviously prior to that you had the, I think it was before then you had the Apatosaurus. You didn't actually see it dying. Uh, being killed, you just saw obviously the after effect when they see the Apatosaurus and it's yeah. got its head in its arms. But, Great music on that scene. Yeah, yeah, it is very good. 
very good score actually. Um, but you don't see the um, him, him the 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 IRX doing the damage, do you? Whereas the Ankylosaurus scene, you do see the 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 damage, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and just that whole gyrosphere bit as well with them trapped in it, and there's five dinosaurs. And then just see the shadow coming behind. Like the reflection in the gyrosphere. Yeah, no, that was, um, it was really cleverly put together, that scene. I like it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, sorry, spoiler territory. Yeah. We can talk about this. Yeah. yeah, no, we are, yeah. We're getting a bit carried away. Yeah. Um, well, we're trying to stay away from it because, like, we could just go up and have a look, couldn't we? But I like the fact there's a sort of element of surprise. I was a little bit disappointed with the the way that the you know that the um, the trailer and the movie clips before, like the little TV spots. Yeah. They showed the Mosasaurus. Yeah. Because I love the idea of the Mosasaurus being in it um, before they showed these TV spots and stuff. And I was thinking, oh, how are they going to do it? Like, how are they going to, how's it going to look? How are they going to bring it into the film to, you know, to make a plausible scene? And then when I saw the arena, it's everything that I would hoped it would look like. Yeah. I didn't even really particularly picture a Mosasaurus show. I pictured it being like more of um, something for the future. And, um, you know, like in the game, that Jurassic Park game by Telltale, there's like an underwater lagoon station. Yeah. Visit. I pictured it being like that and something they were looking at doing as an attraction. And, uh, but you can only see from above sort of thing. But, um, yeah. they executed it absolutely amazingly. But I didn't want to see it in a trailer because I think, imagine the impact that would have made in the cinema. Yeah. What would have been really good for like a TV spot is seeing like the Mosasaur arena, knowing that there's something big there, seeing the shark, but then it cuts off and then later you see, um, oh, what is her name? The, oh, the British lady, come right on my head. Oh, Zara. That's it, Zara. But then you see Zara being dropped into the water. And then you know that scene where it's just all blue around her and she's just that tiny little shaded silhouette. And oh, then, like um, almost like Jaws-esque. Yeah. And then <laughs> that add, just fades away. Fear factor in. Yeah. So we know there's a Mosasaur in there. We know there's a human in there. But we don't see anything. Yeah, I know, like... It would have added like that little bit more suspense. Yeah. I, don't mean, I like that scene. A lot of people don't like the way that Zara, they thought she sort of died in a bit of a, you know, let's, sort of heroic way. Really. Well, let's face and, it though, all the greats die in the, um, want to die in a Jurassic Park film. Because you'll be remembered, you'll be on that list of Jurassic Park deaths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd want to die yeah. in a film. If that, someone said to me, right, you're you're going to be an actor in it, unless, like, obviously, if you're not the main character, you don't want to die. No. But if you're in it as, like, a, you know, a side character, I'd be like, right, I want to either die by a raptor, I want to be, I want to die in a good way. So, I don't know, whether it's stumped on, do you know what I mean? Honestly, I'd want to die. Yeah, definitely. Because I'd like to do the whole stunts for it, you know, like, jump falling back as I'm getting jumped on sort of thing yeah and that side of the uh, acting but 
but yeah anyway uh, back to spoiler yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's been a lot of uh, pictures about sets going on and certain animals being spread uh, is it the one that Frank made... Marshall had um, tweeted with his chair is it Patrick Crowley's chair and I think you got oh, Chaburro's in the one... background I think yeah, there was a lot talking about the. I think that was my Therizinosaurus. No, that's not Therizinosaurus. No. I'm talking about uh, Metrocanthosaurus. Yeah. They reckon that a lot of people were saying that could be. Um. Uh, there was that, and then you got obviously the glare in the mirror in uh, in the glass in the background. You can see like sort of silhouettes. Yeah. With skeletons, and you can tell that that's in the the same room as all them skeletons. Were well, you know the one that they posted with the big triceratops looking. Uh, skull. Yeah. Look, I asked a paleontologist actually. I asked Jack Horner as well. He didn't. Um, he answered on someone else's tweet. Um, but the paleontologist I asked was uh, George Blessing. He um, he's known as Dinosaur George on Twitter. Actually, he's really really good. He does a lot of oh, yeah. stuff for kids. Um, he said that one is a. Uh, um, what was his tweet? Let me have a look. See if I can find it. It was like, um, I don't think I'll find it now. It was, as, he said it was as cool as heck, but it was a, a made up asaurus. No, it's, okay. no, it's not a triceratops. As far as he's, his opinion is from what he knows. So, yeah. So there we go. But, but yeah, that's that. We try and, I'm not sure what well, I'm not. I'll try and stay away from as many spoilers as possible. Yeah, I think this year I'm going to try. Um, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl trailer. Yep. Because they're they're going to re- release that. They've got to, and everyone's just going to go absolutely mad. It's going to yeah. be very highly anticipated. But um, I'm going to go for that. But any TV spots, we're going to have to tell Dan and Glenn and anyone else that's on the Dress Unicast team and. Um, Anyone well, else to just stay, just to not tag us in. Yeah, pretty much everybody. Like, we'll try our best. Like, we'll, we will like and probably favourite stuff that we've seen, but we'd never retweet because it's not really fair. And there's a lot of other fans in the community that don't want it spread. Yeah. Um, just we ask for no tags. <laughs> and um, we're just not going to try. and We're going to try and stay spoiler-free as much as we can. Yeah. So, Stephen. Ark. Ark. One of the greatest games of our time at the moment. Love it. How do you feel? Yeah, no, it's pretty. It, it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Because it's for those who are a bit unsure. It's called Ark Survival Evolved. You can get it on PC, like PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. We've got it on PS4, the pair of us, and We've we tend to uh, way too many hours playing play it. it a lot. <laughs> so let's face it, you're trying to survive and build a community or a safe haven but there's also a world of dinosaurs around but it's not just dinosaurs no there's prehistoric mammals prehistoric um like you've got dragons as well yeah in 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 the game mode you got uh castoroids which are beavers mammoths saber-toothed a lot dire wolves therizinosauruses they're like evil you do not want to mess with one of them. No. But your main thing is you all these can be tamed and you've got to work towards a way to tame them and each you one. You build up your different. XP by 
um, doing certain things like you know uh, crafting tools using tools to chop wood and create stone and then you use that to then uh, build a wall build, build foundations and walls and foundations yet yeah, and cupboards and stuff to put your equipment in eventually you get to a level like Steve's on what level are you on now oh, about 86 86 when you get to like them sort of levels you you learn electronics and high level weapons that you can you know like advanced weapons like uh, rocket launchers and stuff like that to help you survive in because obviously the harder the level you're on the higher level you're on the more higher tames you want to try and sorry higher level animals you want to try and tame and the higher level the animal is the harder it is to tame yeah. and these sort of weapons along the line help you because you can use the the animals can't you for, to do stuff yeah yeah like um we can we mainly use like um Tyrannodons and Argentavises to do a lot of flying, scouting, and trying to find the tames. And once we've found them, we can um, try and train them, knock them out, and tame them. But yeah, we've spent most of our time right now. It's, it's really complex because it, it, it's a really, really well thought out game. Because it's not like you train them and then, oh, by the way, they're your pet now. You have to. Um, Feed them, it's, you know, sometimes... Feed them, feed them using a type of stuff. You, you've got different options, haven't you, to feed them with. Yeah, like you can tame a dodo using a couple of mijo berries, like just berries that you've uh, foraged. But um, that can be, like, anywhere from 30 seconds. Or you can try and tame a Giganotosaurus, which is, like, six hours. Of yeah, just that's pure... incredibly stupidly I mean, we're, we're hard. Not, we've not done that. We're not that dedicated. Like we're, we're good enough to do it we know exactly what we need to do and but, we've got the equipment that's perfect to use it with yeah. it's just the time you yeah. need to invest into just one animal it's just ridiculous yeah we're not six hours worthy unless i was to do like two hours someone else would come on two hours and so on but yeah you'd need to do it in a shift wouldn't you it's just, yeah it's, and then you it's think it's a game we're not gonna set up shifts and everything like that but there's so much to do and to be honest, that's like, taken up most of our time. It does, and as soon as you get bored, you do tend to like create a new project. Like we we found an area um, on the map. Like, it's a massive open world map. You've got volcanoes, you've got mountains, and all these volcanoes and mountains offers like natural resources that are really really valuable, like metal. And uh, we managed to tame a quetzal, and a quetzal is a quetzalcoatlus, which is a massive, huge. Uh, flying terror bird, uh, flying um, like a pteranodon type bird, isn't it? Pterosaur. Yeah. It's huge. You can build a platform. It's that big. You can build a platform on its back and a base on its back and fly around the whole map. Yeah. It's that huge. It's like a, a small jet, isn't it? I'd say it's about the equivalent of a three by three jet, like easily. Oh yeah, without a doubt. It's massive, and they've got so much weight on them that they can carry loads, and they're like really, really useful. Yeah, but when we get bored, we just we can just make a new base at somewhere another part of the map that offers different types of animals. Like you'll find the Spinosaurus and the Baryonyx and all them type of animals around the swamp area, won't you? Yeah. Or we could travel north and get the like dire wolves and mammoths. Yeah, in the snow regions. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, I definitely recommend getting it for someone if you like a, a third person <clears> style. <throat> I think he does offer third per, uh, third person, sorry, view. Yeah, versus first person. But if you like Call of Duty looking, you know, uh, and, and what's the other one? Um, 
Far Cry. Yeah. Like that style of game where you look, you go around gathering materials and finding animals and killing stuff to survive and drinking. Then it's like absolute perfect. It, the, the servers, however, do they are glitchy sometimes and you get a lot of lag at times. But yeah. at certain times of the day, they're absolutely fine. Yeah, being a massive open world game, it's like a maximum of 70 players on each server at a time. So you can get a little bit full, but yeah, it's really good. It's um, sort of taken away our Minecrafting a lot. It has, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, our Minecrafting, like, we still love it just as much as we did. Like, uh, going back on it, it, we actually find it quite easy, the fact that we can work in blocks rather than single walls. Yeah. Uh, it makes things, like, shape really easily on now. Um, it's just that the time, like, we need a good three, three hours on, on Minecraft to get a lot done. Like, we're yeah. still doing our Jurassic World Main Street, like, the reverb. Uh, Jurassic renovation. World 2.0. Yeah, we're still doing that. And that's just taking so long where we've been playing this art game. But it's one of them games that I just, like... It got to a point where I was getting bored. Yeah. And then something else had happened. They would do an update that would open up a whole new, like, amount of stuff you can get. And you're like, oh, I want to play. I still yeah. want to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always the way, isn't it? And we've got a tribe of about seven people. And we're generally not all on at the same time. It's not. It's very rare that we're all on at the same time. Like, but there might be a, a time where three or four of us will be on, and it's a good laugh because we'd all go out on a mission together and like I know trank something and get get like a really big tame that's really hard to do on your own. And that side of the game, you like work as a team, like almost like um you would do in cavemen style, taking on mammoths, hunting in packs, and that that's really cool. Yeah, that side of the game. Um, yeah, but we, it, like like I said, it's just annoying because me and Steve would go online. You'd, we'd go to go and Minecraft, wouldn't we? And then Jake would come on, and Reb would come on, and, yeah. uh, and just, well, I would say Dan, but Dan never comes on. No. But and they'll say, "Oh, do you want to play Ark?" And then we're like, "Oh, but no, we don't." But yeah, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, yeah, it's, it's a great game. It's worth a buy. Yeah, you get it on the PlayStation Store as well. It's not... I don't think it's in hard copy, is it? No. No, it's um, after store only. But it's about... Was it 25, 30 quid? So it's not massively expensive. Nah. No, and we like Primal Carnage as well. We like playing that. That's it's, that's just a quick fix game, isn't it? Like, yeah. When, if we got half hour, we'll yeah, go on to this. Half, and... Even an hour. I'd actually like an hour on that. That's pretty cool. Like You can go on like a de team deathmatch style, humans versus dinosaurs, and just have a just tear up really yeah that's quite a good game looking to both you can probably get that for less than 10 pound actually now yeah uh, yeah i think it is about eight dollars uh, uh, about 12 dollars that's what i don't yeah. really know it's the other way in it yeah you can probably get that quite cheap but definitely definitely check out that on the playstation and xbox stores um online because i think you you won't be disappointed it with it no. at all it's so in depth that game it just goes on forever yeah but yeah, um, is there but, any other subjects that you'd like to talk about? No, I think we've covered that, and um, hopefully, building a bit of a guest list. Hopefully, we'll get some other fat drastic community guests on that you've all heard of and know. Yeah, around. But, no, I I think that's all from me. Yeah, um, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us? Yep, we're on. Yep, we're on 
we're called Jurassic Unicast and we're on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube, all under Jurassic Unicast, so nice and easy to find. And last of all, obviously you listen to this on the Jurassic Park podcast, um, so you know where to find him. So I won't be, won't bother to put his Twitter name, but yeah, you know where to find him and it's a great <laughs> podcast. <laughs> he's literally I on see, everything. Uh, you enjoy it. Yeah, he's on everything, isn't he? Uh, Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, yeah, YouTube. Podbean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so sorry if I missed any of yours. We're gonna move over here to Instagram. Cameron underscore 1987 says, If I had to pick one, it'd have to be the fact that there was three T-Rexes. Ectogaza says, Vehicles and the darker tone. Perfectly underscore and perfect 87 says, My favorite was the scene at the trailer. From the two wrecks trying to save the infant to them pushing the trailers over the cliff. Just fantastic. James underscore Paul underscore Stevenson says, Oh man, where to begin? The dark, ominous tone of the whole movie? Perfect. The soundtrack is even better than the first one. Who would have even thought that was possible? Very jungly sounding with the percussion and brass. The Lost World main score might be one of my favorite pieces of composed music altogether. The tiger-striped velociraptors were gorgeous, and I like them even more than the originals. So exotic looking. The RV and the Mercedes vehicles were so very well executed from the novel. The game trail scene is fantastic, chasing down the new dinosaurs, complete with the Humvee launching. Great action. Roland Tembo as Robert Muldoon reincarnate. I could go on and on, but this movie was so misunderstood. In many ways, I like it more than the original, despite a few glaring flaws. Klingon007JP says, I really enjoy the fact that the movie takes place in real time. Taking place four years after the original movie and having Malcolm changed as a character makes it feel like reuniting with an old friend. This isn't the same fun, giddy, along for the ride Malcolm that we've seen in Jurassic Park. He's damaged, less fun, with a touch of PTSD. In a way, you can compare his darker personality with the look and feel of the compound in Isla Sorna. It's not clean and pristine and positive like in the first film. Corey Tilton says, Both the first two films were significantly darker than the latter two. I wish they had stuck with that look and feel through Jurassic World. Ignacio Borges 96 says, Themes on animal exploitation. All right, I believe we got one over here on Facebook. Let's take a look. Ben Brown says, I'm one of those weirdos who actually likes the Lost World the most. I think partly it's because I have such fond memories of being so excited for it when I was seven, but I still maintain it's a better movie than it gets credit for. For my money, the trailer sequence ranks as not only one of the best in the series, but also one of Spielberg's best action sequences, period. Absolutely. You know, this movie does not get enough credit, and that sequence is so incredible, so memorable. Actually, the entire movie has so many memorable sequences. You guys all pointed them out, so I don't really have to go over too much but the uh the uh the um long grass the trailer sequence the adventure tone the music everything is so amazing i love so many aspects of this movie and you guys covered them all thank you so much to everybody who submitted to our poll segment this week i feel like it has been forever since we actually did one and the lost world is certainly deserving now i do believe i previously asked you all about your favorite scene from the lost world but this time it was kind of nice to encompass so many aspects of the film to find out exactly what makes it so great. May 23rd, 2017 marks the 20th anniversary, so let's take this month to celebrate the awesome film that is The Lost World. And now let's take a listen to part two of four of the making of The Lost World. Mommy's very angry. This is the parents' nightmare. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life, uh, finds a way. Is that good? You find him? Fantastic. That's the part they didn't like. I believe I've spent enough time in the company of death. Hang on, this is going to be bad. With ILM and with Stan Winston. The thing that I'm excited about is, if you see the storyboards uh, where the motorcycle 
goes through the legs of the Apatosaurus. Mm -hmm. So early on in the meetings when Stan Winston and Dennis Murin and myself get together, we'll go through the storyboards with Stephen, figure out basically what tools we're going to use to, to create the, the image that's going to be on the screen. Whether it be a Stan Winston robot or whether it be a Dennis Murin created image, I then take that tool that's going to be used and make the transition to bring it into the set. One of the first things that we did was get together with the art department and design all the custom vehicles that you see in the movie. We had to take them and, and basically come up with uh, functions for each one of them and then uh, Rick Carter's group would do drawings, we'd present them to Steven, finally get approval and then they would go to my shop to be built. We had the trailers that are so big in the movie, we had to custom build those and we built some that would have wild walls, some that would roll themselves over, some that would hang from cliff tops. Jeeps, the hunters, vehicles, all those had to be made and, and put together and all the hydraulics put in. We had the snagger, which would uh, run after an animal and close its arms down. We used a German vehicle called a Unimog for the large platform type vehicles and then Mercedes four-wheel AAV vehicles were used as well for our chase sequence. Each location that we look for, we have to find out what the facilities are, how we get our things there, how we ship there. So early on, we were thinking of New Zealand, which uh, would have been a tremendous shipping situation. So we ended up going a little bit to Kauai and a lot to Eureka. <laughs> Cut, we got it. That was yeah. great. The first thing that you're going to do is they're flanking you on both sides. You've got to give me a look, because I know that I have one, I have one forcing you in that direction. Otherwise, you would run back to Malcolm and, 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 and the group. A typical day on location, well, let's talk about Eureka for a minute, because uh, it, it lent itself so well to the Lost World environment that we needed uh, uh, for the movie. And the thing about Stephen, you know what's expected when you get out there on the set in the morning. And the first day of filming is a good example where we were basically ready for him when he walked on the set. Stephen usually will get somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 45 setups a day. So that keeps things moving very, very fast. Um, with effect shots, it's more complicated because you're bringing in the effects unit. Sometimes that can slow things down a bit. Let's see if that's possible because that would be a real, you know, addition and a bonus. Absolutely, yeah. And we all. I mean, it's already brilliant what I can do. It's it's just but it's amazing. Limited but because we've got a big support. Do you know how body. animals when they're when yeah. they're ill with ease? Elephants you see elephants Absolutely. rocking like this. Absolutely. In the case of the Stegosaurus, we would have another shot set up at one end of this creek bed that we were shooting in so that we could actually be doing a practical shot with one of Stan's dinosaurs while ILM was setting up at the other end of the creek bed. And that way when we would finish this setup, we would immediately move down and be ready to do the effect shot. Shoot him! She's just protecting her baby! So am I! Cut. Good. Quick. We were scheduled for 74 days and we ended up in 69 and that's uh, that's because of his uh, uncanny ability to be prepared and know what, what he wants. Those are the most enjoyable moments for me, when there is an actor acting with 
one of the live-action dinosaurs. And I'm behind the scenes giving direction to the puppeteers, the performers that are, in fact, controlling that animal that's acting with the actor. I'm trying to give the actor something to respond to, something to react to. Stan Winston designed the most beautiful animatronics. They are so... I, the first day that I worked with the baby Stegosaurus, whose name was Claire, I said, you know, as an actor, you have to endow a lot of things, and, and I, I had nothing to do. She was so emotive, so expressive, and so lifelike, you know, that she, she was there for me. He created an entire character, and he did that again and again with all the different dinosaurs. It was really extraordinary, and so it made, made our job very easy. Stan Winston is incredible. You know, he's, whenever you, whenever you encounter him in life on the set, he is brimming with a kind of ecstasy. <laughs> and that's the truth. And I think that comes out in his work. I think he puts that life force into these things that he makes up, which he does in the most miraculous way. The biggest thing you see that was done up in Eureka is our roundup sequence. In the roundup sequence, you see a, a pachyosaur, which uh, is running around, and, and the uh, vehicles are trying to lasso him and catch him. And as he breaks loose, he runs across the field and slams into a jeep, which knocks a guy through the jeep and, and out the back door. So for that shot, we knew that we had a running dinosaur, which meant for us that it would have to be a computer image. So we put rigging on this Jeep to dent itself, basically. So the door dents itself first, then closes on the man, then there's a cable on the man, which pulls him through the Jeep and out the back door. And as well, there are hydraulics underneath the Jeep to help it tip and push the weight to sell the impact. And then Dennis will take that plate and add in the image after. to look and I also knew how, how I did not want the movie to look. I wanted to have fog and rain and a kind of a moody, moody feel to a picture which is diametrically different from the first Jurassic Park which was cleaner. As the story in the first uh, Jurassic Park reveals, they are encountering um, sort of an amusement park. <laughs> The Lost World talks about finding the creatures on the island and the creatures kind of live on their own and they pretty much assimilate it to the environment. So naturally the lighting is much darker. And we're trying to create a story visually that kind of feels realistic, not like the amusement park. Thank you. Oh my God! Are you out of your mind? He's got a broken leg. Let's get in the car before they hear us. out of your mind? We had a totally self-contained animatronic and robotic uh, T-Rex that could be carried around by Jeff or Juliana or Vince and uh, had complete body motion and, and had a complete performance that would come out of that dinosaur with nothing coming out of it, no cables, no bundles of wires, nothing. It was totally self-contained and an actor could pick it up and, and act with it and that dinosaur would act back. Yeah. You know, it was so much fun to say, okay, I'm in a trailer. This baby dinosaur broke its leg. 
And this is, I have to take care of this dinosaur. I, I don't want to mess with its development stage. And just to believe that that was going on and to have this real dinosaur that's moving and reacting and biting at you that you get to play with is just a lot of fun. And you know, part of your job is to buy in and have a relationship with it, but I really did become attached to it. I mean, when it was moving and alive, it had a definite life force to it. Help me get this thing out of here. No, no, we just have We retooled everything that had to do with the internal workings of the T-Rexes. We used the original molds to come up with, you know, the basic look of the female T-Rex and then made some subtle changes to create our male T-Rex. But the biggest breakthrough with the T-Rex was its ability to perform in a far, far superior way than the T-Rex in uh, the first Jurassic Park. The T-Rex in Jurassic Park weighed 9,000 pounds. Very big and heavy, uh, powerful animal to wield around. Both T-Rexes in, in Lost World weighed nine tons. Weighed twice as much as the T-Rex in the first movie. The funny part of that was actually that the T-Rexes uh, sort of were the biggest stars, I think, that Hollywood's ever seen because in their contract, um, they didn't go to the sets, the sets came to them. They stayed on one stage and we just kept having to revamp that stage in order to make their environments. It's, it really gets down to what, what is the logistically the easiest thing to move around. And as it turns out, it's easier to set the T-Rex in place, have the tracks in place, and let them live there and change the sets around the animals. So wherever you saw them, we built the sets where the T-Rexes were. We built a portable waterfall that we could move around so that we had basically a sheet of water and hung it above where we needed to be and let the steady cam run through and let the uh, dinosaur, the T-Rex head, go through. That is one of Steven's better scares, I think, in the movie because you don't expect it to come through there. Stephen wanted the waterfall to uh, turn red on cue, so it's rigged with uh, valving so that you could turn it to blood when on cue. If you think about running a robotic dinosaur that can go crazy in water, it uh, just makes it so, so much more difficult. It'd be like taking your hair dryer in the shower with you, because it, literally there is electronic solenoids everywhere and control cables and wires. We just said, please hold the waterfall until the end of production, you know? because we're, there's a good chance we're going to uh, uh, destroy this animal. And amazingly, uh, we got through it. The T-Rex was underwater again. Not just the waterfall, when he wasn't in the waterfall, he was in the rain. But we did it and uh, fortunately got through it and his performance was there. Um, and we beat it, but it was tough. It was a tough way each time. The range of performance was incredible with this new male T-Rex, and uh, it was able to move faster, was able to do more damage, and was able to do it with more finesse and more control than we had on the first one. So the performance was much more dramatic, much bigger, much more powerful, and at the same time, much more subtle. That dinosaur had to be able to eat a car, rip the roof off, rip the doors off, tear the seat out, and then, with great accuracy, grab an actor by his leg and rip him out of that car without killing the actor. We had become 
more comfortable with Stan Winston's robotics in that we were able to control them better this time around. So Gary Himes, the stunt coordinator, and myself sat down and tried to figure out how to pull it off as much as possible live action. We felt it was worth it for the image of and for the reality of it to be able to say that, yes, we actually grabbed a hold of the guy and pulled him out of the car. We actually pulled an actor out of the waterfall. We nudged Arliss over and pulled him off the step at the end of the movie. So we worked very close with uh, Gary Himes to rig these effects so that we were as, as prepared as possible when you got on the set to alleviate as much danger as possible, even for a stuntman. There should be no human beings here unless you're working with the T-Rex. Most of our dinosaurs that were at least human size or bigger are huge, powerful hydraulic machines. And we take a lot of precautions. We're very safety conscious. We have kill buttons. We have everybody ready to power down if necessary. So everybody who's not involved with the T-Rexes should clear back behind the first window of this uh, of the truck. But you must always treat it with respect. You must treat this animal with as much respect as you would treat a real Tyrannosaurus Rex. It looks soft on the outside because of the skin and to the touch of the skin. It feels like that soft, you know, latex. But in fact, it's just pure steel in there. And when that thing moves, there's a glitch in the mechanism. There's any kind of a short circuit and the head suddenly snaps. It's not like when the baby T-Rex's head snaps or any other small animal's head snaps. This thing is lethal. Are you hearing this? Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 98th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a huge thanks to James and Steve for another great chat. I like it when others like James and Steve share their points of view on all sort of, you know, Jurassic and dinosaur topics. Hopefully we get more people participating in the future. You're all welcome to join in on the fun. Also to Jay Jurassic for another installment of Amber Finds featuring those amazing VHSs from the Lost World. It's so awesome. I remember those so much. He's got a few more items left to showcase during our celebration of the Lost World this month, so stay tuned. Make sure to check out our show notes for links to James and Steve of Jurassic Unicast and, of course, Jay Jurassic. Also, thank you so much again to all the listeners who interacted with us over the poll segment this week. The show is almost to 100 episodes, as you've heard, and it would certainly be nothing without all of you. Thank you. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. 
www.thecoachmentor.com, or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.